But this is this does mark our twentieth full episode. Hey, oh, oh no, it's two o. Oh no, it's two o. And we've said that you know we're gonna finish this when it's done. Do it till it's done. Do it till it's done. And so this is uh, our last episode until we regroup with new stories. Maybe s- interviewing some people that have asked to come talk to us. But you never know if that's real. You never know if it's genuine. When they say, oh, yeah, I'd, I'd come and share some stories. I think Travis actually wants to. You think he would? Ty Stice said he would, too. Okay. But he was... That's the other <clears> thing. I'd, I'm trying to think if there's any good Ty Stice yeah. stories. Jean has said she'll come on. But, I mean, let's yeah. just... We're not going to promise any of that. We're going to work towards it, sure. But we're also not going to force any stories. And hopefully none of this has felt forced. Hopefully... I've never felt like I was digging for stories, and I can't believe that today we're going to discuss no. two stories that I haven't even really thought much of until now. Because I don't think I actually know this story. But what what brought you to Central? Oh, yeah. Because so, you, you were at uh, Edgewood. I was. So, you and I went to Worcester Christian mm-hmm. together, as we've previously mentioned. Um, but... Um, I then had the choice of, my parents gave my sister and I the choice when we got to middle school or junior high at the time, Mm -hmm. seventh and eighth grade, that we could go either to Edgewood Middle School in Worcester, where we lived, or to Central, because Worcester Christian didn't go past sixth grade. Right, right. Um, And so, all through that, though, they wanted us to have Christian education. My sister, who's two years ahead of me, chose Edgewood and then she went on to Worcester High School. Mm-hmm. So then I just, I don't know, I just naturally chose Edgewood too. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to split it up. I don't know. Just seemed easy enough to do. Yeah. So I w- went into Edgewood not knowing too many people. Um, Tyson Snyder actually, Clay Schmidt also from uh, um, grade school. Anyways, mm-hmm. um, long story short, I'm planning to go into high school, to Worcester High School, just as a natural progression like my sister did after sure. eighth grade graduation. <clears throat> I was even um, I was even in the um, long distance team. We were doing practices. Oh, oh yeah. I ran with you a few times <clears throat> yeah, near for, our house. Yeah, for cross, cross country. country. Yeah. And um, so I was already planning to be, like scheduled to be doing my Worcester High School stuff because um, I was in track at the time but not cross country at Edgewood. Mm-hmm. During that time, during the time between 8th and ninth grade that summer, it was probably pretty late, probably in July, there was a girl by the name of Amy Masowicz who went to Oh yeah. Who went to um, Worcester Christian with us. Your sister's friend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She was a grade above us, I believe. For two, two years. She was all, She went to Worcester High School as well. Um, so followed her out of my sister pretty much. And I was talking to her cause she went to Grace Brethren Church mm-hmm. and we were at some outreach event or something, mission trip. I don't know where we were, but we Doing were talking, so. about, yeah, we were just chatting and I, you know, I didn't talk to her a whole lot. She was two grades ahead of me, uh, my sister's friend, but, uh, you know, I knew her, we had a camping time with her, didn't talk to her a whole lot. So it was just a unique time that just, we were talking about, she was asking what my plans were and I was saying I was going into, you know, cross country. 
uh, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And for some reason during that conversation, she didn't like convince me or anything or speak bad of Worcester or anything at all. We were just talking about my plans. And for some reason in that conversation, I realized I didn't want to go to Worcester High School. For some reason, I wanted to go to Central. I just felt like I needed to go there. I don't know. But it was that conversation with her that they made me choose the central and it was kind of late in the process it was in july i think or maybe even august, beginning of august so i made the quick switch wow and got so in what, there like what what was she saying i don't know not the only thing i remember was uh, we were talking about cross country and she said yeah the, all those guys those guys are in their own world meaning like they all just run a lot Oh. It's because you have to, I mean, running takes so much time, long mm-hmm. distance running. Um, so you're just always running and meaning that they're just always running. And I didn't have a problem with that. I just, that's one piece that I remember. Yeah. Um, and maybe I, maybe I didn't want that. Maybe I, maybe a part of me didn't, I mean, central didn't have cross country or track. So that, right, right. that. And then I went into baseball freshman year. Yeah. Just for fun, which yeah. I didn't have any prior baseball experience, which is why I sat the bench. Obviously, I didn't. I was right. <laughs> right. Good. Uh, but at so, least you tried, though. Yeah. But yeah, so was it a long conversation or, or just like... No, I think it was like 10 minutes. Right away, you just felt... Yeah. It was pretty quick. Central was it. Yeah. So, Amy Masowicz. But I came in the Central not knowing much anything about it. I didn't know. I never even heard of what a Mennonite was. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we went in, we met with Brett, Bruce Cooker, me and my parents to oh, figure really? out, yeah, if Bruce was doing, I don't know why the we met with Bruce. Or... Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he was my first contact person at no Central. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, my parents just asked, is it a Bible believing church? They had questions about what the Mennonites believed and all that. Cause they didn't know what a Mennonite was either. Right. I think most people, when they hear most people, People outside this area, when they hear Mennonite, they think of Amish. Mm-hmm. When I worked, even when I worked in Indiana, all these uh, people, when they heard Mennonite, they're like, oh, is that like an Amish? They wear bonnets and stuff. I'm like, well, some of them. Yeah. Right. But right. Is, anyways. So that was that more like your parents interviewing Bruce or Bruce interviewing you guys? It was my, it was almost like my parents interviewing Bruce, seeing if this would be a good fit for me. Right. To come to Central. I guess, yeah, if they'd let, like, Logan Homer in, they, they should, <laughs> Yeah, I think they wanted people in. And our class was pretty big, so that they were just trying to book them in. But they had already met their, their break-even yeah. point for that class, so any extra one would be a bonus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we had some new orientation. It might have been new student orientation, I think it was, and it was in the PAC. Oh, yes, I remember that. Yeah, and Matt Sims... And he was one of the fellows I knew. I mean, I knew Matt Sims, Stephen Williams, Brad Borman, all from Worcester Christian and also Worcester, the Grace Brethren Church. Mm-hmm. They went to as well. Um, so, uh, and Byron Schrock, I should say. Mm-hmm. And maybe a few others, Amy Landry. Like, did they give you a tour of the of the high school and stuff at this new student? I don't even remember that. I don't think so. No. But the person I was assigned, so coming in as a new student, then you're assigned a person. I think they still do this. They assign another student in your grade that then kind of shows you around what to do. I was assigned to Atlanta Newsbomb. Hmm. 
and she showed me like my locker, how they use it. And wow. the hardest thing was the class schedule. Okay. Remember they were kind of hard to read. They yeah. were like printed out and some yeah. old school printer type thing. And the Tuesday, Thursday classes were your longer block, hour and a half classes. Right. And your Monday, Wednesday, Friday were only 50 minutes, which is really short to think about. Um, but and I remember those schedules being really hard to understand at first. Um, yeah. But I'm sure it's easy now <clears throat> as an adult. <laughs> uh, so. That's hilarious. They had her showing yeah, you around. Spell did. And for some reason, they didn't quite say it was the same. I thought she was a grade above us. I thought it was like a. Mm-hmm. Sophomore showing me around. Mm-hmm. Not that she looked like a sophomore. No. But she just, I thought like they had Carried an older student like, showing right, me what, right. what a freshman. I, they didn't surely, really. surely that schedule would be new to her too. I mean, I wouldn't think an eighth yeah. grader would be on the same schedule as a ninth grader. I don't think so. So she's coming into high school. Yeah. There's got to be something yeah. new from middle school to high school, I would think. She probably didn't even know. But Atlanta. I remember that, that, orientation but i don't remember being assigned any person were you assigned elena during this school day or like it was during the school day yeah first day of school oh okay yep i okay. think i maybe even met her there though um that orientation they maybe assigned me i think they assigned me her that evening and then first day of school she was helping me out gotcha still like yeah. showing me around yeah yes that's yeah. what it was uh-huh but it's just interesting that 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 you know conversation with Amy Masowich, it's just such a meaningless conversation at the time, but it completely changed the course of my direction of mm-hmm. life. We we would not be talking right now if I didn't have that conversation with Amy Masowich. Right. I could have gone. I mean, it was outside in a park area. She could have been in a different area. I could have just been in another area it just happened we were both alone and it's just like um interesting because then i met kelly there we got married and obviously mm-hmm. have kids and everything mm-hmm. my life is completely central has completely changed my life of what it would have been if i would have stayed at worcester at worcester right and um right i don't know what that life would have been but it's it's interesting that 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 i can pinpoint that little as a pivot moment yeah yeah I was at the new student orientation mm-hmm. and I remember being shown around, but I wasn't assigned anyone Okay, for the, for like the, the yeah. beginning of the school year. It might've been because I had been to two visitation days and right. one of them was that nice day in the spring <laughs> when that when that phone call uh, came in. Yeah. I didn't go to any visitation days. So, cause yeah. it was such a late, I mean, I didn't have time. I made right. such a quick you made decision. decision. Yeah. I just think it's interesting that you remember more the feeling you had from that conversation rather than the actual words yeah, that Amy no. said. It was more the feeling. And I right. go the, uh, I go a lot by feelings. I think that's good. I think that's very wise. I mean, why else would we have feelings? What Do we, do we really think feelings are there to deceive <laughs> us? I know. They're there for a reason. Right. Right. As you're talking about stuff that's that's changed the course of your life, one event that's really changed my life, well, not my life, but my high school activities, and then subsequently my life, I didn't realize it until just talking to you about these stories about how big of a deal it was that I broke my arm in a basketball game. Oh, yeah. My sophomore year. Mm-hmm. Um, 
that was it. pretty good right? yeah oh yeah. yeah i broke it real well <laughs> i mean it looked nasty just to hold up my arm and that was in january of uh-huh. our sophomore year and uh and it just kind of completely changed the trajectory of of my high school activities because what happened was we were playing at that time i was playing on the jv team okay and as a sophomore and we had a ton of sophomores and we were actually undefeated um and we were really good at defense and i was actually not too bad at defense and i usually didn't make too many mistakes on defense usually yeah. But this, and it's always funny because like in baseball, I make two mistakes and it costs us two playoff games. <laughs> and, and in basketball, I make one mistake and it cost me, it cost me the rest of my playing days of oh, breaking no. my arm. But, but it was a, it was a good trade because I'll get to you. I'll tell you what I traded <laughs> it for. So this, I made a bonehead move on defense because this kid from Rittman, he oh, had, he had yeah. the basketball. Of course he's from Rittman. Yeah. He had the basketball. They were probably playing real dirty too yeah. before this. Yeah. Yep. And we, this the game was at Ritman. Okay. And uh, and so he had the ball. This kid had the ball, and he was on a breakaway. I run him down, and at this stage, you really don't see when you first are taught how to play basketball. They teach you how to do the jump stop layup, and okay. and like you 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 dribble down, and then you come you you jump stop, you land on both feet, and then you then you jump and do the layup. Okay. They don't teach you to do like the running layup first first off. They want you to be in control. I see. Well, this is like a kindergarten way to fake out a defender. Because then they go flying by, like trying right. to block it. Right. Yeah. And at this point in high school basketball, there's two ways to do a layup. You do a regular layup running, or if there's a guy on you, you do a reverse layup and you use the rim to block you. It is kindergarten to do a jump stop <laughs> and then go up for the layup. Like It's Bush League, dude. This kid was playing by the fundamentals, but at this point, we've graduated from jump stops. When you're yeah. doing your layups, buddy, you should either be using the rim to block the defender or just doing a regular rim, uh, layup. Uh huh. So I come kid. flying down. Yeah. And this kid pulls a jump stop layup on me. Oh. And he stops, <laughs> and I go up into the air. And while I'm flying into the air, over like pretty much over top over of him, because he's. Yes. I mean, this Just was stopped like a, the summer before this is when I was, when I dunked my one and only basketball. Oh. So I could get up a little bit. Yeah. I could get in the air. So you had the hops. Yeah. And yeah. this kid, as soon as my knees got up by his head. Yeah, dude, this kid decides to jump. What an idiot. It was all in, he's allowed to do this, but this kid then jumps and with his shoulders and head, he pretty much, he hits my he takes knees out your and legs takes, from yeah, under you. whips yeah. me out. As I'm falling to the floor, <laughs> I pretty much land on my left arm, my left forearm oh. and my head at the same time. Ouch. And the refs and everyone around on the floor are freaking out about my head. Oh, did you hear the crowd go like, oh. Yeah, it, Yes. I heard the gas, like the ghastly. All the moms. Yeah. My head instantly started ringing. Like when you get punched in the head, like we talked about, my ears were ringing. And so I wasn't really thinking about my, my, my arm. Um, you're just much like Bryce Schleyball. Like I, <laughs> yeah. I put down my arm to get up and it just collapsed because oh it was, it was broken. 
And so then I look at it and it's like a nasty S shape is what it looked like. It was terrible. And so at this point, everyone realizes that my arm is broken. I'm able to stand up. It's like a noodle. Yeah. (laughs) Spaghetti noodle. Yeah. It looks nasty. But thankfully, the the bone hadn't broken through. It wasn't poking through. Okay. Oh, those are the worst. So this sounds pretty rough. I walked to the locker room and in those days, the varsity would be changing and getting ready during the second half of the JV game. And so all these, all these, all the varsity guys are in there and I walk in and just like one by one, they see my arm and like their faces instantly go white. Like, and it's just like quiet. Like you'd think like I was heading to my execution. Like, <laughs> it, like these dudes were acting like I was dead. And, uh, and I had to wait in that locker room. They actually took me by uh, by squad from Rittman no. High School what? to Worcester Hospital. And the whole wow. time, dude, like they wouldn't sub me out. And so I had, this was in the second half. And like, I was, I was dehydrated. And I'm like, I need water. And these EMTs wouldn't give me water because they said, we don't know if you're going to have to have surgery on this arm or not. Oh, no. And I was like. Would they, did they have you in an IV or anything? Mm, they weren't time. hydrating you that way. Not wow. that time. And so uh, we get to the hospital. Dude, it's the worst pain I've ever been in. Oh, you're, when, so, you're so thirsty. Yeah, I, I was so thirsty. They they tell me they're giving me pain meds, but dude, there there was no pain feel. meds. <laughs> like it was, it felt all really vivid and sharp. And when they set when they set that bone the way they did it, they they put my two fingers in like a Chinese handcuff. Is that, can I say that? Is that even right? <laughs> they, they, I, they put my fingers in these, <laughs> in this contraption that squeezed my fingers and my arm just dangled down. And so, oh, and so it kind of like suspended God. my arm. So there was no weight on my wrist. And then the doctor told me to count to three. Oh, and no. on the count of two, he pushed hard and oh, pushed that, that son bone of a bitch. back in. <laughs> I've never squealed or screamed as much as I did in that moment. It was a sound that I've never made before. And it was the worst thing I've ever done, you know, and, and like people will tell me, it can't be as bad as childbearing. And I said, well, you know, um, I know plenty of women that like a year later, like, Hey, let's do that again. And I've never once said about breaking my arm. Hey, let's do that again. So I'll just leave that argument there. And so, um, Oh my. So that put me out for eight weeks. But the doctor told me six to eight weeks, which I was hoping I could come back because it was just then that I had found out that I was going to be asked to go up and sit for varsity for playoff oh, yeah. time. Yeah, and that's get- not that great because I knew I wasn't going to get playing time. What they wanted me for was for the practices. And of, cor- of course, you ask your best defensive guy from JV Let's do to come up and play varsity to make your guys better. It wasn't really an endorsement. No, you don't want to be the best defensive JV player. That's not good. You want to be the best offensive JV player. Yeah. You know, so yeah, yeah. defense is for the second, like defense is like the consolation prize, you know, like, <laughs> hey, you worked hard. Good, good hustle. So anyway, oh, um, what that resulted in is that I couldn't practice. It put me out of basketball and I just, I still wanted to fill my time with other things. And so that allowed me to do, and it allowed me to branch out into a bunch of different stuff. Um, Interesting. Because I wasn't able to progress and build my passion for basketball, I then, I then transitioned uh, like over to the play. 
Uh-huh. I did a lot more with the chutzpah, the band, as we've discussed. Yeah. And I was able to experience a lot more of what was going on at school with like our different classmates and going to land parties and all of this stuff rather than just being monopolized by one or two sports, if if you will. Because yeah. at that point, basketball was requiring summer summer league stuff. So you'd have like a six-week summer league that they would say was optional and voluntary for you to be at. But right. there's, there was nothing voluntary about it. It was involuntary. A lot of work. Like, right. They yeah. knew who the showed guys up. that didn't show up, they obviously. Knew, right. Yeah. And so, mm-hmm. and like you have a turnover in practice and they're going to be like, that's why we go to summer league, boys. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's just yeah. like, yeah, you're going to hold this over me, even though it's state law says that it's optional. Exactly. So um, we were we were at the point where um, it was becoming so much work that yeah. breaking my arm allowed me to see that there was life outside of the sport. sport. Yeah. Um, there was life outside of that. And I was like, whoa, I'm actually missing out on a lot of things that I'm interested in. Yeah. Um, so, so unfortunately it wasn't just, a, I had a feeling just like you had a feeling to change trajectory. I had a, a very painful and traumatic feeling <laughs> yeah. to change trajectory. Yeah, and it's probably why I always, you know, talk shit about Rittman now, you yeah. know, at every turn, I'm oh. always like Rittman this and Rittman that. I mean, it smells, let's, yeah. when you, I mean, literally smells when you drive into it, as I've mentioned in the past. Right. So, but I can't believe it's taken me this long to mention that I broke my arm <laughs> there. Yeah. I, I, because if I don't break my arm there, then I'm not playing Y League basketball with you guys right. senior year. Would you, you know, have been in the uh, golf and baseball? Would you have been on all three sports, do you think? I would have been in all three, yeah. only because golf was really no requirement. Right. And you showed up, practice was literally golf nine holes, try to do better than the last time, and then you have your matches against other other schools. Jeez. That's literally all you had to do. <laughs> that sounds, yeah. At, at when I was there, there were no cuts. <laughs> They're like, yeah, they, they were asking the kids players, to play. Yeah. Now, yeah. I don't know if you could do soccer, basketball, and baseball. Uh, now, Sheldon Steiner is going to tell you that you could do soccer, oh, yeah. basketball, and baseball. Oh, your supreme physical right, but specimen. That's, that's Sheldon Steiner. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Man. I, n- name, name someone else that did it to that degree or that well. You know, I just don't think that you could. No, I don't think so. Did that doctor ever give you any water after you set that arm? Did you uh, get your drinks on? Well, yeah, they, he claimed that he, he didn't do his best work because he saw how much pain he was in, I was in. <laughs> okay. So, first off. That's exactly yeah. what you want to hear. Uh, yeah, he's like, well, I don't want to push it any further, but I would like to put it a little bit more into place. And it's like, I thought this was like it's in or it's not. Like, come on, man. But anyway, um, I did finally get some water. I had an allergic reaction to one of the painkillers that they gave me. Oh, no. And they told us that, hey, you know, like 20% of people have a reaction to this. So, let us know if it makes you feel weird. Dude, I thought I was actually dying because my allergic reaction was that my vision was closing in from like, like getting dark. And, uh-huh. and going down to a tunnel all the way down to like oh. a straw. Yeah, like you were <laughs> like and my breathing was becoming very labored in terms of I had to really work for a breath. Oh my goodness. And I remember saying like, "Hey, I think I'm having an alert that aller- allergic reaction. 
the nurse then said, okay, hang on one second. And I'm, I'm kidding you not. She put that stuff in the IV, the, like the, the, the counteractant in the, in the IV. And my vision was like down to a straw. And then finally it just like started coming back back within like one to two seconds. It was nuts. That's crazy how quick that works. Yeah. Right in you. Like, that was probably my first near death experience because I, I, I was like, quick the body I, I think I'm that. going. I think I'm out. Like, I think this reaction might have get me. Wow. Did that Were you like at, at calm, like peaceful about it? Like, yeah. was it a peaceful experience? They say, because I knew, yeah, it's I, a peaceful. I mean, you can't do anything about it. We're all going to die. When you're truly convinced that you're checking out, like, I'm not, yeah. this isn't hyperbole. Right. Like, I knew that the I nurse was there, but all of a sudden my vision was gone within a matter of seven seconds. Yeah. She had that antidote like right there, ready to oh go somehow. Goodness. And I don't think I would have actually, like, I don't I mean, think maybe, now looking at it, but like in that moment, I was like, well, if no one's here to see me, like, if no one can hear me say that, like, they might just think you're chilling. And I want to tell you, man, yeah, it was, it was kind of serene. Like, because when you know, when you know the end is here and there's nothing you can do, like you, you truly surrender to it. Like I told you about senior prank or the Fugana Islands. Like once you get caught on something, it's yeah. like, it's so like relieved. You're like, actually, yeah, we're done here. Like it's Life's over. over. <laughs> right. Checking out. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's like, it's something we all know it's coming, but you still don't think it's ever going to happen to you. Right. And I've had similar experiences in vehicles, near death experiences spinning out. And it's been a same experience of everything slowing down, everything getting quiet, almost being aware of my breathing and being very calm. Very and calm. And... And yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's peaceful. a very, very weird thing. Basketball must be a dangerous sport because uh, I saw freshman year, I believe it was, saw Paul Zakor oh. get elbowed. And I think it was freshman year because it was in um, gym two. So he would have been playing JV. Mm-hmm. Could have been sophomore year, but the, I think he, he might have been first. They had a freshman team that year. Oh, they, they there were so, many, so many players in our in our grade, our class. They had a freshman team, and then a JV team, and then a varsity Whoa. team. Okay, and I think that used to be the norm going into our year. And then after that, they, they were like, "Well, do we do we have enough for a freshman team? Because it's just Marcus, Ty Stye, Josh Pedrozo. Yeah, I think they only had like four players. <laughs> wow. So it was it anyway. Was in, he, Playing in gym two, and I was watching the game um, just after school one day. I don't know why I was there. I didn't. Um, but yeah. uh, the other teammate, the guy had a the ball, and they got in a kind of like a struggle oh, the yeah. ball, over the ball. Yeah. And the guy started jerking his arms like back and forth, and just elbow ends up. Paul Zakor was behind him, trying to get into on that ball action, you know. And the guy just elbows Paul right in the the mouth. And Paul, God bless him, he had just gotten off his braces, which yeah. is probably a good thing that he didn't Ooh. have his braces Ooh. on. His poor lips would have been. But Crushed. he just gets nailed. And I remember him going down and it's just gushing blood. And I'm like, oh, man, that's pretty bad. And he goes off and goes out towards the locker room. And at this point, I get up to leave. I'm, I don't know. I don't. I wasn't there for the game. I think I was at school for something else, but just watching. Yeah. Because I didn't stay for the whole game. I get up to leave and... um. 
he's out in the hallway and I think he's waiting on someone to take him <laughs> to the dentist or hospital. I don't know what you do in that scenario. Right. But he's just there like holding a Ooh. paper towel over and it's all bloody. And so I, I go up to him like, oh man, are you all right? And I was like, can I see? And he takes off the thing and his tooth, like his front tooth is jammed up like higher into his into his gums his gums and it's sticking out like way out high oh Oh, it looked so painful and i was like oh my god yeah yeah oh and the poor fella he had to get braces on again after that right right oh and he would always wear a mouth guard then in basketball from there after yeah yeah basketball not supposed to be a non-contact sport right it's supposed to be. Supposed to it's be. supposed to be. But I liked wearing um, a mouth guard when I played just to kind of tell people I'm used to getting hit. You know, like, yeah. oh, this dude must be expecting to get hit. He's already showing <laughs> yeah. up with a mouth guard. Dude, that's yeah. a good like, idea. And then it gave you something to throw when you get pissed off. You know? <laughs> yeah, just toss it. Yeah, I've seen uh, now, Curry do that. You, you talking about contact sports and what should and shouldn't be. Reminds me of a story with Marcus, a prank him and I played in golf against our old coach. We've talked about the World War II movie Mm -hmm. and how much we made fake blood for that. Yeah. Well, over that summer, I was working on a new recipe because it was all bad. All all that fake blood stuff was just terrible. Like too much glucose. You need some. Right. Yeah. Right. We needed some corn corn syrup based thing and something nothing that had like thickeners like flour and stuff we needed to get away That's from right. that so you're perfecting this recipe for yeah the world war ii video yeah well, i okay. wanted to get away from the starches and uh-huh. and more into the syrup and uh and so i was working on different different recipes over the summer because you i you couldn't just get on amazon and buy it like i expect <laughs> you could today yeah i finally made a batch that worked out pretty good and what i mean by that is like it stayed in the ziploc bag it just looked like blood for a while yeah so well that we've told the story about von schrock's chapel where he was reading a story that you and i acted out on stage and we yes. fake fell through a glass window and that's the same blood that I smeared yeah. on my face. And people thought that was real. That was yeah. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so I had gotten this recipe down pat and I knew, I knew how to make some good, bright red, good, good, fresh blood. And I showed Marcus this because I took him to golf practice this one day. And okay. I said, Marcus, look at this. And I had the pat, I had the Ziploc thing under my seat so no one could see it. Um, and so I said, look at this blood. What you should do is you act like at, during practice when we're over here at the practice screen and everyone is all around the green, I want you to fake blade a golf ball across the green, like actually hit it, blade it, mm-hmm. and then just shout something like, look out, look out. And I don't, I said, just try to get it past me. I don't care if it's that close. I'm just going to act like it hit me. Okay. Oh yeah. And so what what would happen, what would happen with golf practice is that we would show up to play nine holes, but like 10 to 15 minutes ahead of time, you could show up and and hit golf balls at the range. Okay. Is this at Riceland? This is at Riceland Golf Course. Where the, the range there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so we, everyone would always finish around the green the, pre- the practice screen chipping and putting because then coach would come around and say like, okay, you guys are going to go off. I want you to play together. I want you to play together and you to play okay. together. And your coach's name was Cooter, right? We call him Cooter. The other grades called him Cooch. 
Um, <laughs> what was his real name? John. Oh, why'd everyone call him a... I don't, I don't know. I think... <laughs> we got, we got Boob Raber yeah. as a teacher. Yeah. And now we have Cooter as a Cooter cooch. and Cooch. Cooch. Yeah. And they would call him Cooch to his face. <laughs> wow. And he, would, he was just cool with that? He was like, fine He was it. known as that around town? I don't think, I think on the team, but like, yeah, Michael (laughs) Rogers would call him that. Yeah. And so, oh no, you know, he's walking around just kind of getting a sense of everyone that's chipping and putting. And it was Trevor Doss that reminded me that he was there, that the freshmen, that all the grades were there, JV and varsity were, were there chipping and putting. And so Trevor Doss was there as a freshman and he remembers this incident occurring. Okay. And... And so Marcus gets up, I'm directly across the green from Marcus, you know, like just perfectly lined up and Marcus blades a ball across the green, right right. towards me and goes, watch out, watch out. (laughs) And I drop to the ground and I then am face down. I smear the blood on my face, (laughs) but I don't start screaming until I've got the blood in place because I knew once I started screaming, that's when people would start Start looking. looking. Right. And so... I then start screaming after like being down on the ground for like six seconds and everyone starts coming over and the other kids were not in on the prank. So only Marcus only knew. Only Marcus oh, knew. This is great. And so coach comes like kind of waddling over because he, you know, he was probably like late sixties, I would think. I'm, I, I remember correctly. <laughs> maybe, maybe in his seventies. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, but he, he, he had just a little over, bit yeah. of a hitch in his walk. Okay. And so he waddles over. He didn't unleash that hitch for you to no, get on. He, he just he, took his he, he got, I mean, it was the fastest I'd see him okay. go, but it wasn't yeah, fast. more of a duck waddle right. going on. Right. Ah, flag. But the whole team was surrounded me by this time. And by the time he got there, he had to pull some guys back. <laughs> yeah. And and he and I'm just moaning and kind of writhing on the ground back and forth in pain. I've got my hands over my face, so you can't really see what the damage is, but you see the bloods everywhere. <laughs> and uh and he's he just like he goes, Oh, Oh, and he called me Lucas. He's like, Oh, uh, Lucas, we gotta get you to the hospital. And he reaches down to pick me up. And when 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 I saw how like sincere his face was, yeah. it's just like not terror, but just like he felt bad. We've got a problem here. Yeah. Like he he legit bought it and thought that he had an injured kid that was bleeding profusely from his head. And I just, I just didn't have the heart to go through with like any going. further. Oh, right, yeah. I just, I was, and so I started laughing. I said, coach, it's just fake blood. And he, and he just walked back to his golf cart, shaking his head. And he's, he was just like, you guys figure out how you're going out today. I, I got to go sit down. And he went back to his golf cart. And it it was one of the best uh, pranks so I've ever good. played on someone. But, oh. but in the moment, man, it, his face, like, it just killed me. I was like, I can't do this to this guy. I can't, I can't, I can't continue to, to prank him like this. That story reminds me of... Actually, two other stories, one involving Marcus and basketball. Oh. But then also the head injury one reminds me of another story as well. Oh. But let me start with the Marcus and basketball one. Yeah. And this actually predates Central. This is back in when you and I were in sixth grade. Marcus Rogers 
also went to Worcester Christian. Mm-hmm. Uh, and oddly enough, his older brother, Michael, did not go, right? He never was there, was he? Yeah, I don't remember. So, yeah, maybe um, they moved back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe he just missed the time you know. frame there. But Marcus um, was, we were on basketball together. Marcus was in fifth grade. Marcus's dad, Butch, was our coach. And we'd play, um, you know, just regular basketball. But um, Marcus was pretty good. He was little. He was fast. Yep. He wore these little goggles. Because of his, yeah, very shifty. He wore goggles, for, prescription goggles for his glasses. Mm-hmm. Um and there was another famous NBA player. Horace Grant. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Who also wore them. Because that's too. what he would, he would always justify by saying, well, Horace Grant wears these. Yeah. And we would always be like, yeah, that's one. Yeah. There's We've like, kind of there's like 300 basketball players in the NBA. That's one. But what else is he going to do? He can't see. You can't play with glasses, I guess. No. No, and but we weren't thinking that. that. We weren't thinking that. Yeah, we weren't thinking that. We were thinking Horace Grant in NBA. That was, yeah. But yeah. he wore these little goggles and he was like so quick and fast with the ball. He was pretty good ball movement. And uh, I was playing against him. Um, it was in scrimmage in practice, and our team was playing against him. And also, Brad Borman was on our team. Oh, wow. On my team as well. And um, Marcus was making this move underneath the basket to kind of go under and do this kind of layup underneath it. He'd do, he'd pull stuff like that all the time, you know, just stuff to piss you off. Mm-hmm. And he was moving so quick and it was kind of bunched up there. And I just quick, I was so mad. I just <laughs> pushed out my foot and tripped him. And dude, he just ate it hard. Like boom, ran on the ground. And as quick as he landed on the ground, he popped right back up and he got right in Brad Borman's face because he thought it was Brad. He said, Brad tripped me. Brad tripped me. And Brad's like, I didn't trip you. I didn't trip. Brad getting really defensive and Marcus was right up in his face. Yeah. And Butch had to come over and kind of like separate him. Oh, even. no. Oh, yeah. And uh, did you stay quiet? Oh, yeah. I never said anything. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. awesome. Oh, yeah. So you always thought it was Brad, probably to yeah. this day, if he re- if he remembers the event. The other story that reminded me of that was I actually had a head injury my sophomore year, um, oh, yeah. which was interesting because you broke your arm sophomore year. Yep. And I had a head injury um, sophomore year as well, and that was at Luann's house. Luann Markley was having a Super Bowl party. And I think our whole class was invited or there's a lot yeah, of people so. there. Yeah. Um, big group. Um, and, you know, sophomore year, it was at the point where a number of us could be, could drive at this time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we were there and I think I believe it was halftime. We were out in the her barn. She had this big horse barn in her backyard. Her dad was a vet. Um, did a lot with you know, the, the horses yeah, and, yeah. and horse-like. Yeah, the equine. Sure, yeah, equine. Ponies, I'm sure. Maybe donkeys or mules. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Um, but we're out there messing around, and he's got this big retractable staircase that's wooden that went up into the barn loft of the second area of the barn. Oh, and yeah. push a button, and it would go up and down. It was on it like a cable pulley system almost. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And uh, this thing was heavy because I remember when it was down, for some reason, I tried to lift it up to just with my hands to see how heavy it was. Yeah. Just because. 
and it i could barely even budget it was so heavy right right um and so it it was up for whatever reason and we were out there playing football and um throwing yeah. the football around there's a squirt gun too i think people were having we were just having fun and i'm underneath this staircase while it's up um and we're just messing around and unbeknownst to me for some odd reason act of god you could say i'm standing underneath this right when this cable system breaks just breaks right and so it snaps and it just the ladder just falls down and i rem the only thing i remembered was right before i got hit in the head yeah. i was getting someone was squirting me in the face with uh the squirt, squirt gun, gun. so it's like a weird like that's all i remember and then i remember like kind of getting up off the ground i don't know how long Whoa. i was out for but Whoa. you don't remember it hitting you in the head at all mm -mm. wow no and um did you you were there did you see it fall at all no i you, it, i think i was throwing football out in the big yeah. arena area because this was like to the like where i was throwing football it'd be to the left yeah i could i remember where you were actually. i could like hear it because i heard like a yeah you were out from yeah. where i was you were out like to my left where i was standing. and i remember your hair being wet when we came over but then when i got up i did i went to feel my hair and then i went and looked at my hand and it was just all red at that point was and, it yeah oh yeah. yeah and then from there it was like jelly coming out is what they say it was like gushing blood Ugh. wow and then so we go in someone helped me inside i think it was nate larson maybe even you and someone people were helping me inside i know Nate larson was one of them and um we go in and i remember just thinking it didn't hurt at this at this point i remember just being like really dazed dizzy yeah. and kind of like dazed out and they help me in and I'm sitting there and I'm just, I think I said something like, well, Luann's dad's a vet. Can't he just like stitch me up? I didn't want to go to the hospital. I was like, I'm right. fine. Right. I'm all good. Like, let's just keep right. going. I didn't want the party then. Yeah. And, and, and your parents were out of the country, right? Yeah. yeah they, they were, were in, in Cambodia. Cambodia. So my parents were doing short term missions at the time. So they'd go to Cambodia for like four to five weeks at a time. And my sister and I would stay with my grandparents until later years in high school, we'd be able to stay alone, home alone. But at this point we were staying with my grandparents. So we get inside and Luann's dad, not knowing what happened, I should remember him freaking out, like yelling. He's like, what happened? Like really yeah. like, concerned. And he's like, we got to get in the hospital. I'm like, no, can't we just like chill here and whatever. <laughs> He pretty much, he cancels the party, tells everybody yeah. to go home. Yeah, everybody went home. He, and we go out to his, their SUV and I'm in the back seat and he's driving and Luann's mom, I think is in the front or back with me, maybe and Luann's in the car too. Okay. And I remember Kyle Hudson uh, being, he had that silver car or something, right? Or anyway, maybe a white one. Anyways, he was parked uh in front where they needed to leave in their driveway their driveway kind of looped out but there were so many cars in the driveway that it was kind of hard to get through and hudson yeah. didn't know that he's just standing there waiting for Luann's dad to drive beside him and <laughs> his dad's like move <laughs> 
Cal had to get in his car and drive off yeah, real quick. He wasn't quite yeah, getting he, it. Yeah, no, yeah. He wasn't quite getting There wasn't enough room for Luann's dad to get through. Yeah. And Luann's dad was trying to quickly get me to the hospital and took me to Joel Pomeranian there and not Joel Pomeranian. What's the one in Orville? Yeah. Uh, Anyways. Dunlap. Dunlap. Yeah, yeah. Dunlap. Uh, they took me there and I just remember being super tired the whole way wanting to fall asleep and they didn't want me to fall asleep but then at that time when we were sitting before we left when we were inside the headaches started to happen and it was huge pain probably the worst pain yeah. I ever felt in my life I just a humongous headache on top of the pain and it hit like the back left of my head kind of where like a hair calic is yeah um back there that's where it hit ouch and had to get six staples out of that had a mild concussion which was nice so no they said no brain damage Nothing or whatever too crazy um it's just interesting how events like that and such random you would say coincidence like why was i standing under that ladder at that time when it just broke like what are the odds of that mm-hmm. same with me talking with amy mass which same with this Ritman douche who just decided to pull a kindergarten move can, yeah, and yeah. stop jump you or whatever you call it. Yeah. You think about all these little instances throughout the past. I don't, it's fun to focus on these stories in, in the past and think about the good memories and everything and how we have to focus on the past somewhat, um, but also how it molds into our future or what we are now. Mm-hmm. And then if you look into the future and what you want to become, and start making those decisions right now. Yeah. I don't know. It's just interesting to look at life being this far out and this far removed now. Right. Right. Um, to me, it's important to look back because if you're willing to look back at what you've done, that means you're generally at peace with it. And I think you need to be at peace with who you are and specifically taking in the moment and living in the moment. And if you live in the moment, then you can look back. Yeah. If, if you live in the moment, then, then that means you're not missing out on stuff. And, and it's, it's much easier to tell those stories again then, because you're like, yeah, I did my best. Like, here's what it was. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's really easy to be truthful and honest when you live in the moment. Mark Twain once said that you don't have to have a good memory when you just tell the truth or something like that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know if I'm telling the truth. <laughs> uh, but yeah. you know, it, and it's it's just an experience of of looking back is so good to then remind myself of the importance of wherever I find myself throughout the day, there's a reason I'm in that exact position and I'm there for a reason and it could be in 20 years we're telling a story about this and having no idea that we're leading into such a pivotal experience. Exactly. And we just don't know. You you know, people talk all the time that you that like it was such a inconsequential conversation that then led to such a breakthrough, you know. And so it's like, well, since we don't know what is going to lead to to someone, you know, having this breakthrough or or you know, since we don't know right what moments will change someone's life forever we need to assume that any moment any could moment, change someone's moment. life forever exactly and that's why living in the moment is one of the most important things it's gonna get you there right yeah 
And so to me, it's not reminiscing. It's actually living in the moment. <laughs> this this hasn't been <laughs> yeah. reminiscing. This hasn't been trying to relive the glory days. Right. This is a reflection of how at peace we are with those days because we we live them in the moment. And it's a reminder now to live today in the moment. Yeah, it's moment. that simple. Yeah. And it's fun to, and it's fun to and out it's funny. some of these people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>